Discipleship training. Alright. And as always, we're going to enter into the world of scripture via pump. Just welcome to my world. A place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last is first, the first is last, the end is told from the beginning, and when it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Where trumpets are depicted as voices, the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoices. Here swords are likened to the word, the demons of birth, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead, blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes, they're later found to be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place than the Yasin world of scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. Rock Hakwadesh is about to begin teaching. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright. So, continuing on. Um, just taking a uh, overall look at the story of Moshe, you know, and and how his, his life speaks to us. You know, uh, his life speaks to us concerning one that's drawn out of the world, you know, into Yah's marvelous life, into Yahshua, who's our marvelous life, right? You know, and so the first, uh, yeah, um, Moshe is like to be divided up into three different periods of 40. 40 speaking to, you know, testings and trials. We have three distinct, you know, periods of testings and trials. You know, and so this first, uh, this first period of testing and trials, you know, speaks to being in the Word, being in Misraim, being in the Word, you know, and learning, you know, to. Uh, you go through through that period of testings and trials that come about with that, you know, which leads you, you know, um, to our second period of testing and trials, you know, and in the second period of testing and trials, you know, we can expect to have to stand up and fight for what is right, just, and true, you know, even as Moshe had to do in the land of Midian, you know. Also, like under Moshe, would have dwell with the priest of Elohim, you know, within the land. That is, to find a priest who's also friends with Elohim. That is, one who protects and serves the things of Elohim, you know, who watches over his flocks, his herds, who walks in his will, way, and purposes, you know. And so, like, this is what we're expected to do during this, this second time of, or period of testing and trials if we're called out to, um, you know, drawn unto, unto the Father, you know, we must go through the Son. And so if we're drawn out to Him, to, to that marvelous light, then these are the things that we can expect to do. You know, lastly, this is where the would-be servant of Elohim um, well, the second period is also known as the land of strife. You know, I think uh, I kind of think I misplaced one of my slides. You know, but anyway, you know. So the second period is uh, a testing and trials. It it takes place in the land of Midian or the land of strife. 
You know, so this speaks to us and tells us that this second period is going to be, the road's going to be a bit bumpy. You know, it's not called the land of strife for nothing, right? You know, we can expect strife, you know, throughout these testings and trials. And so, like, this is a, um, a picture of the wilderness experience, if you would, you know, for Israel, it represent, represented the, uh, the wilderness experience. And even with Moshe, you know, he had to go through the wilderness and he, to get to uh, Midian. You know, so, you know, we're told in Yochanan 644, no one can come to me. This is Yahshua speaking, saying, no one can come to me unless they're drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise him up on the last day. You know, so in a manner of speaking, all of us who have come to Yahshua or who come, who truly come to Yahshua, you know, we were drawn out. We were drawn out by the Father. So we are all a type of Moshe in a manner of speaking, you know, if we were drawn out. You know, now Moshe was drawn, drawn out, of, out of the river and he was... The terminology and, and, and the picture that's being painted, you know, all speak to him being wrapped in scripture, you know, as a babe, you know. And, and so, you know, some of us, uh, you know, that grew up in religious families were, in fact, wrapped in scripture as a babe, you know, and was brought up into in the faith, you know, and some of us, some of us not. But, you know, suffice it to say, you know, if you've come to Yahshua, you were drawn out. And so we all have to go through this first period of testing and trials, which is just to, to learn, to learn about Yah and to learn about his word, you know, and there's some testings and trials that come along with that, you know. And this is depicted by the first stage of Moshe's life, you know, and we're told in Acts 7.23, and when he was full 40 years old, it came to his heart to visit his brother and the children of Israel. So, you know, this period of testing and trial lasted until he actually, you know, had to flee the land of Mitzrayim, you know, because he had, he had killed somebody, mm. you know. And, you know, if you stay in the world long enough and you learn enough, you will get to the point where you begin to challenge, you know, the uh, Egyptians. That is, those are the great house, you know. And uh, back in the day, it was the temple, you know, we call it the church now or what have you, you know. But you'll get to the point to where you start challenging some of the things that you're told, you know. And when you begin to win some of these challenges, you know, or you just flat out, start defeating folks in these challenges. That's kind of the equivalent of Moshe killing Egypt, killing an Egyptian, you know? And of course that wasn't allowed, you know? So in today's time, it looked like you're getting a big shoe, like they're kicking you out the church, you know? But back then for Moshe, it looked like, I gotta go. I gotta go, uh, you know, otherwise they're gonna kill me. So he leaves and then that, marks the second period of testing and trials in his life, which takes place in the land of Midian, you know. And so, here's Moshe on his way, you know, and he's going, he's leaving from here, Mitzrayim, and he's going all the way over to Midian. That was quite a distance, 
<laughs> and so he gets over there and he starts a new life. And it's a life in the land of strife. And so you you know, um what transpired is what you would expect. He had strife. It, it even started out with strife. He had to, you know, he fought for what was right, you know, and as a result he ended up, you know, with Ruel, the friend of Elohim, the priest of Midian, also known also known as Jethro or, or Jethro, uh, not Bodine from the um, <laughs> from, <laughs> from the Beverly Hillbillies, but you know it's a different Jethro, you know. And Jethro means, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, it wasn't your highness. Um, what was it? Yeah, Yethro, uh, it was some like your eminence or your highness or something, something to that effect, you know. But, uh, yeah, but this is a picture of Moshe's second stage of learning in all actuality. You know, here it is, he's with, he's actually living with the priest of Midian. You know, even though he's in the land of Midian, he's in a place of strife, but he still, you know, Yah sends him to a priest. You know, where you you know, he goes to the priest and he undoubtedly learns more about Yah. Yeah. You know, and this priest is the friend of Elohim and you know, he also takes a wife from there. He begins to shepherd the flock there. You know, and so this is just a picture of him taking the more active role, you know, in Yah's will way and purposes, you know, shepherd shepherding his flock and and um and actually, uh, you know, being tutored by his priest, and you know, and, and you know, marrying, becoming one with with holiness, and so on and so forth. A beautiful picture, you know. And then one day, he sees the burning bush. You know, he has his burning bush experience. You know, and you know, many of us that are drawn out of. The world by the Father uh, <coughs> unto Yahshua. We have our own burning bush experiences, you know. And during this burning bush experience, you know, he actually Moshe learns even more of Elohim. He learns his name. Mm -hmm. He sees miraculous power, you know, at work. You know, he sees that Yah actually has a job for him in particular you know and so this is what this second stage of testing and trials you know which is represented by Moshe living in the land of Midian or Israel you know um, going through the the wilderness you know this is where you learn more about Yah you learn his name you learn his his, his will way and purposes you know and you learn what your role is in that in his will will um, way and purposes mm -hmm. you know in other words this is where you receive your mission you know and some people die before they get their mission mm -hmm. you know as, as you know like in the wilderness experience most people actually pass mm -hmm. you know in the wilderness experience you know and it even speaks of Moshe almost dying before he make it out of Midian. Mm -hmm. 
you know, because he hadn't circumcised his son. You know, so, you know, I don't want even want to take this second period of testing and trials lightly. You know, this second period of testing and trials is huge because this is where you you uh, really where you're fathered from above. You know, this is where you're born again. It's in this wilderness experience, in this land of strife. You know, after this burning bush experience, Moshe's life would never be the same. Mm. It would never be the same from this point on. And if you so happen to have a burning bush experience, it, your life would never be the same either, I assure you. You know, and, but it's, it's just a matter of, you know, getting to that burning bush, you know, and receiving your mission. For Moshe, it was 80 years old. He was 80 years old. So we see another 40 years had passed. Mm -hmm. He was 80 years old, you know, when they spoke to Pharaoh. So this is, uh, tells us that, you know, this was another 40 year period, mm -hmm. you know? And so when he began to speak to Pharaoh, you know, to the time, you know, and, and bringing Israel, Israel out of Mitzrayim as a whole, you know, this was a part of that last phase of his life, that last period of testing and trials, you know, it was his mission. And it was a true mission of Elohim. And, you know, and Yah's missions are like mission impossible. Mm. Only thing is, it's possible. Mm. You know, you know, don't lose sight of what I'm saying. Mm. It's impossible, but it's possible. You know, and the only thing that makes it possible is Elohim. As we read and Matthew Yahoo 19, 26 says, with Elohim, all things are possible. You know, that's the only way it's possible. These are the type of missions that Yah gives. They're impossible, but they're possible with him. They're impossible to do alone, but they're very much possible with him. You know, I want you to think about Moshe's mission impossible. Moshe was told to go in to Mitzrayim, tell Pharaoh, the head of Mitzrayim, to let his people go. Now, just to give you a perspective of how that was, you know, Mitzrayim was like the United States of America of its day. So it was a superpower, most likely the number one superpower. Mm -hmm. You know, and so this is like, you know, some ordinary Joe Blow going to the president of the United States. You tell her to you. You know, <laughs> you know, going to the president of the United States and actually, you know, saying, hey. You know, y'all said do this, that, or the other. How preposterous would that seem to the president? You know, I want you to think about that. Because this was truly mission impossible. You know, 
you can see how hesitant Moshe was to even go and and to and to even to even do it. He he was he did his best to get out of it. He's like, you know, look, I look, man, I can't even talk. You know, my, my mouth, you know, he like I made the mouth, I'll be with you. Well, you know, like and that's a long walk. <laughs> you know, he tried everything to get out of it, but Yah was clearly not having it. He was not letting them off the hook. You know, so he finally acquiesced. You know, and I'm pretty certain that that he he's he's glad he did, and it was the best decision he could have ever made. You know, um, but my point is, like, for Moshe to go to Pharaoh was the equivalent of of you going to to uh, the president of the United States today. You know, and making a demand. Hmm. You know, and it's it's like it's like me going going to the president and saying, "Hey, you know, you know, y'all said give me my forty acres in a mule." Thus saith Yahoo. You know, like how preposterous <laughs> would that sound? You know. Like, hey, you know, I'm telling you, you know, I got my, I have my ride, you know, like, you, you know, that's how crazy that was, though. <laughs> Nevertheless, Moshe went, and he done what y'all told him, and y'all made the impossible possible. No, you know, also consider that they survived. In the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. The wilderness was a place that was uninhabitable. Yeah. Yet they, in, they, they inhabited it for 40 years. Mm -hmm. Again, mission impossible. Yeah. But with Yah, it became possible. Right. You know, and I'm saying this because, you know, a lot of us feel like we're called by Yah. You know, but I want you to know if you're truly called by Yah, then your mission is going to look impossible. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's an encouragement, you know, that Yah can do all things. You know, but Moshe could have never done this on his own. It takes Yah. You know, Yah has, he... It has to be with us. Y'all must be with us. So we, we have to understand only with Elohim are all things possible. I want us to consider Exodus 17, 1 through 8. This is a story dealing with Moshe, you know, and when he ran into some of the impossibilities of that mission, impossible yet possible. Let me have my first reader read Exodus 17, 1 through 8, please. And Jethro means a remnant for excellence, according Excellent. to Katzen. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. That's the one I had. <laughs> Exodus 17, 1. And all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of Yahuwah and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moshe, and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moshe said to them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt Yahuwah? 
And the people thirsted there for water. And the people murmured against Moshe and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst? And Moshe cried unto Yahuwah, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Go on before the people, and take with thee the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand, and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shalt come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moshe did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massah, and Meribah, because of the chiding of the children of Israel, and because they tempted Yahuwah, saying, Is Yahuwah amongst us or not? Then came Amalek and fought with Israel and Rephidim. Hallelujah. Okay, so here it is. We have our one that's called out, right? You know, now he's called out and he's leading the flock of Elohim, right? And so he's in this... Uh, he, he, he's, he's carrying on with his mission. All right. And so here it is. He run into some complications. The flock turns on him. You know, and they begin chiding with him. You know, now the thing, I want you to consider this dynamic. You know, because like... Moshe know who he is and he know whose he is. He know who called him. You know, he know who, whom he's representing. Amen? You know, the people, they know what Moshe said. And they see some of the things that he's done. And, you know, and so from this stems their, their faith. You know, but they never spoke with Yah. They didn't have an intimate relationship with Yah that Moshe had. They didn't see and experience the things Moshe saw and experienced. You know, with Yah. You follow me? Yeah. And so, so, at the end of the day, they're just looking at Moshe. And it was hard for them to get, you know, get past Moshe and see Yah. And that's the way it is, like, you know, with Yah's servants, you know, sometimes you got to look past them and you got to see Yah. You know, and it's the same thing with, with any of Yah's people. You, you have to look past the person and you have to see Yah. Now, Moshe tells them, why are you chiding with me? I keep telling you, this is not me. It's Yah. You're not, you, you're actually not chiding with me. You tipped in Yah. And so this is what he's telling them in verse 2, okay? You know, and, you know, the flock is acting like a flock. You know, they just, they was thirsting for water. And, you know, so they, they started murmuring again against Moshe. You know, and he, he started telling them, you know, what Moshe did. You know, wherefore thou has brought us up out of um, Mitzrayim to kill us. You did this. <laughs> you know? You know, so you see, like, they're getting blamed. You know, Moshe's getting blamed. Then, you know, Moshe cries unto Yah. 
Now, I want you to pay close attention to what Yah tells Moshe. Verse 5, it says, Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Go on before the people and take with thee the elders of Israel and thy rod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not going to spare it. <laughs> you know. He says in verse 6, Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. So Moshe did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Now I want to, you know, I always tell you like Hebrew paints pictures, right? Mm -hmm. So I want you to see the picture here. Imagine if you would, you know, if we just take verse 6 at face value, you know, and we don't know what size the rock was. But it says, I will stand before thee. So imagine you have someone that's before Moshe. And he says, I will stand before thee there upon the rock. So he's before Moshe. He's on the rock. You know, and he says, thou shalt smite the rock. Well, if he's before the rock, who is he smiting? Can you see that? Can you see that? And so it says Moshe did so on the side of the elders. You know, Moshe actually struck Yah. And it's because the rock represents Yah. You know, and it's, it's a beautiful picture. You know, you know, what's beautiful about y'all getting struck? Huh? You know, <laughs> because it saved the people. It saved the flock. You know, and I also want you to take note of, of what was said. It said he called the name of the place, my son Meribah, uh, because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted Yahuwah. How did they tempt him? By saying, is Yahuwah among us or not? Mm -hmm. Many of you do this today. Many, many, many folks do this today. Just like the more majority of them did it. Many do it today. They profess Yah as their Adonai. They profess Yah as their Elohim. You know, they profess Yah as their deliverer, their savior. But soon as trouble comes, they act like Yah isn't there. They act as if Yah is not among them. And this tempts Yah. I want you to understand this because this is a huge lesson to be learned during this period of testing and trials. You have to learn to trust Yah in the good times and in the bad. Because if you don't, what happens next? Verse 8, then Amalek, then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Yeah. Because they tempted Yahuwah, Amalek attacked them. They opened the door to be attacked by the enemy. Yeah. Now, Mind you, this is important. This is an important lesson because Yah still saved them from their thirst, from their dying thirst. I want you to see that. 
Yah saved them from their dying thirst, yet and still, they opened the door to be attacked, and they were attacked by Amalek. I pray you can see that. You know, because that's really, that's really huge. That's important. You know, because they, they got what they needed. But they opened the door to be attacked. Because they tempted Yah. Rather than just, he was going to give them what they needed anyway. All they had to do was be patient and just hold on. Trust and wait on him. But instead, they chided with his servants. And they tempted him. Act like you know Yah is among you. You know, I coined this phrase a long time ago. You know, um, oftentimes before I leave the house, you know, I try to remember to say, you know, to ask myself, what would y'all catch me doing today? And preferably the answer is nothing. You know, but you have to remember y'all is amongst you. In the good times and in the bad. In the bad times, he doesn't leave. He doesn't leave. Even though you may feel all alone, he's there. He hasn't left. He just wants you to cry out to him. Stop crying out to mama and daddy and, and crying out to your, your girlfriend or boyfriend <coughs> or whatever kind of friend and, you know, and call out to Yah and trust in him and allow him to be your savior and just wait on him. Mm-hmm. You know, so now... That said about the rock, consider Psalms 18.2. says, Yahuwah is my rock, my fortress, my savior, my Elohim is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me in my place of safety. So you see, when Moshe struck that rock, he struck Yahuwah. He struck Yahshua, his savior. His Elohim. You know, and so that's a beautiful picture to see. Now let's compare this to Numbers 20, verses 17 through 13, which is the second time Yah brought water from a rock. Uh huh. Let me have my next reader read Numbers 20, verses 7 through 13. And Yahuwah spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and thy Aaron, bro- and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. And it shall give forth his water, and there shall bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts drink. And Moses took the rod from before Yahuwah as he commanded him. And Moses gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand with his rod. He smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And Yahuwah spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not, to satisfy me. And the sanctify. I, sanctify. Sanctify. 
sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. And this is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with Yahuwah, and he was sanctified. Hallelujah. <clears throat> All right, so here it is again. Yah tells Moshe, take the ride. But this time, he says, speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. Now remember, the first time he told them to smite the rock. But this time, he told them just speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. But what Moshe do? First of all, I noticed something like what Moshe said. You know, first of all, you know, um, he, he he talked about them a bit. You know, called them out their name, called them rebels. You know, um, but then he said, "Must we fetch you water out of this rock?" What happened to Yah? Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And it says that he lifted up his hand. And with his rod, he smoked the rock twice. Well, he wasn't even supposed to smite it once. He was supposed to just speak to the rock, right? And it says the water came out abundantly. You know, and in verse 12, Tola says, And Yahuwah spake unto Moshe and Aaron, says, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. See, they didn't sanctify him. They didn't set him apart you know and they didn't do what he said mm. therefore ye shall bring ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which i i have given them you know and so i want you to see something again like even though moshe and aaron disobeyed mm -hmm. y'all still gave him the war yeah. can you see that you know, Yah still gave him the water. And Yah will still bless us, you know, sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, even though we may not do what we're supposed to do, you know, but for his will, way, and purposes, it may be necessary that you receive a blessing anyway. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to understand is even as with Israel in the first account, so it is with Moshe and Aaron in the second account. There's still a consequence to your actions. So even though you, they still received the water, they got what they needed. It wasn't without consequence. So with the people of Israel, with the children of Israel, you know, they, they got attacked by Amalek. Well, but with Moshe and Aaron, they lost the right to bring the children into the land. Can you see that? You know, and it seemed like, you know, smoked the rock twice, you know. Uh, I don't know why twice. Maybe one for him, one for Aaron. You know, we're gonna hit we're gonna hit it twice. You know. But you was just supposed to be speaking to him. Now I want you to consider this rod. The rod is my tag. Number 4294 speaks to a tribe 
or speaks to authority or ruling. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. You know, because we already see that the rock can represent Yahshua, right? Mm -hmm. And so hereby we learn that a rock can represent a tribe or a ruling or a ruling tribe. Can you see the picture that's being painted here that our rock, Yahshua, will be struck by a ruling tribe? Even a ruling tribe of Moshe and Aaron, which is the tribe of Levi. Which is exactly what happened in the time of our Messiah. Can you see that? That within these passages were actually a prophecy concerning the Mashiach when he comes. That's how Yasin the word is. You know, but I want you to really see that just because you get what you want doesn't mean that Yah is necessarily blessing you for good. Sometimes you get what you want because it's a part of Yah's will, way, and purposes, but that doesn't mean you're not going to be reprimanded. That doesn't mean that you're not going to pay a price. Just like Israel had to pay a price, just like Moshe and Aaron had to pay a price. Mm -hmm. You know, keep that in mind. Because a lot of times we just want what we want when we want it. Mm -hmm. You know, and Yah is not, you know, he, he may not want it exactly the way you want it. You may be asking for something that's in his will, but not in his timing. And so sometimes there'll be a price to pay. You know, and just to validate, you know, what I'm saying, consider 1 Corinthians 10, 4, it says, For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Mashiach. So you see, you know, that rock that he smoked was Mashiach. And the reason he got in so much trouble is because Mashiach only supposed to be, he's, he's only going to die once. Right. He's not going to keep dying over and over. He died once to save humanity. So the next time you need some water, you just pray. Because he's not coming down here to die no more. Next time you need some counsel, next time, you know, you need some truth. You just pray to the Father. And you'll get your you'll, you'll get your water. You'll get your counsel. Because he's not coming to die for you again. You know, he was even noted telling his apostles, you know. From this point, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't say, you know, keep going around killing killing folks. No. Mm. You know, and so, you know, this is why the penalty was so great for Moshe and Aaron. You know, because they didn't understand the latter implications of what that picture drew. Consider Deuteronomy 3, 23-27. It says, And I besought Yahuwah at that time, saying, O Adonai Yahuwah, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what Elohim is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might? I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Yorton, that goodly mountain in Lebanon. But Yahuwah was wroth with me for your sakes. And he would not hear me. Yahuwah said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak no more mm. unto me of this matter. Mm. Yeah, it sounded like he was hot. Mm. 
get thee up into the top of Pixar and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with thine eyes for thou shalt not go over this Jordan. Mm -hmm. So you see, y'all didn't forget. He didn't forget what he told what he told uh, uh, Moshe and Aaron. You know, and Moshe, like, one of the most prominent characters in scripture outside of Yahshua himself. He didn't get to go over into the land. Hmm. So this always stands as a great example of, you know, for, for servants of, of Elohim. Like you can you can get all the way to the end and not make it. Mm. You can get all the way to the end and not make it. You can't take it for granted just because he's using you. You know, mm. consider what uh first Kephas four sixteen through nineteen says. It says, Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Mm. But let him glorify Elohim on this behalf, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of Elohim. He starts with his leaders. That's where the judgment starts. And so Kephas continues on. He says, and if it first begin at us, then what shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of Elohim? Hmm. If, it's, if it's rough on us, if it's rough on folks like Moses and Aaron, then what about just the ordinary folks? That don't even obey half the time. Mm. Verse 18. And if the righteous scarcely be saved. If they barely get in. Mm. Where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? <clears throat> Wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of Elohim. Commit the keeping of their souls to him in well doing. As unto a faithful creator. Mm. 